0: This podcast is gold. Basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball gold. Hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. Brought to you by Betway.com. Betway for the sport of it. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLING. This is Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. Mike Fratello, former NBA head coach in Atlanta, Cleveland, and Memphis. I'm Jeff Phelps. We were just talking about in the previous segment, the Cavaliers are in the playoffs for the first time since 1998 without LeBron James. And Mike was just talking about that team and the youth of that team. Mike was the head coach of that team. It featured Sean Kemp, and it featured Wesley Person, and then four rookies with significant playing times. So Adrunas Ilgowskis, Brevin Knight, Derek Anderson, Cedric Henderson, Vitaly Patapenko was on that team, second-year player at the time, Bob Sura, Danny Ferry. And Mike, you took a team with Sean and Wesley and four rookies, basically, and some other players, but four rookies playing big, big minutes into the playoffs. Where's that rank on the Fratello, I did a pretty good job of coaching this team list?
1: (laughs) Well, I was just so proud of that group. Uh, The coaches that I had, uh, I had great assistant coaches and, you know, The more we talked and the more we watched and the more we discovered about that team and whoever made the suggestion at that time that we might be better starting Cedric and bringing Derek Anderson off the bench rather than the way we're playing right now where we had started Brevin, Zadrunas and Derek. And the reason was because Wesley was getting beat up physically at the small forward position. He just couldn't guard them. They were too strong for him. But
0: Wesley was about 6'6", but looked like he weighed about 160 pounds, Mike.
1: Right. Yeah, but boy, could he shoot it. Sure could. And he said, let's move him into the backcourt where he has to guard two guards that aren't the same as these small forwards, and that'll take some pressure off him at the defensive end. We can bring Cedric in 6'8", Run, jump, very athletic. He just didn't make shots on a regular basis in that 18 to 20-foot area. But he'd get out on a fast break. He sure could finish above the rim. And he was a terrific defender. Long arms could block shots. So we sat with Derek. We talked to him and said, look, we're going to make this movie." He wasn't thrilled about the fact that he was going to not start. But I said, but. Derek, remember, it's who's on the floor at the end of the game that sometimes is the most important thing. And he was on the floor, basically, at the end of games. But uh, Cedric did a great job at the small forward position because he was bigger, he he caused more problems for the other small forwards. They couldn't get by him off the dribble as easy. And I, I thought that change was key for the team. When we made that move, which was... Like around the seven, eight, nine game mark, whatever it was that we made that change, we went like a nice little run, and started to get some distance between the five hundred mark, and and that was I think a significant part of that season.
0: Well, here are the numbers to back up exactly what you're talking about. You guys were, well, you started out kind of going back and forth, but then you won ten straight games to go out to fourteen and six. And then you stayed at least three games over five hundred the entire rest of the season. You were never under five hundred during that season. Uh, after that ten game winning streak, and you had another nice winning streak later in the year. The one thing about that team, Mike, in thinking about this year's team, if you think of the biggest trades this organization's ever made, you know maybe bringing in World Be Free, and then bringing in Sean Kemp, and bringing in Donovan Mitchell. And Kevin Love, certainly as well, was a big trade. But I kind of relate what you guys did then to what's going on now. You brought in Sean Kemp, who was a perennial all-star, still a young guy. He was in his late 20s and might not have been quite the same player, but was still really good for you guys. He averaged 18 points, 9 rebounds. Next year, he averaged 20 points a game. And you put some other players around him, and Sean made it work. And you guys helped Sean make it work. Donovan Mitchell comes in, other guys, young guys around this team, and Donovan clearly the leader of the team, and he's made it work. Coaching staff has made it work. Other guys have stepped up. And and I just wonder what the challenge was there, what the biggest part of that challenge was in in having a guy step in and immediately just because of who he was and the trade that was made and everything else, he becomes the focal
1: part of everything you're doing, Mike. And, And most importantly, it worked. I think it was a little easier for me than JB from the standpoint that Sean was big brother. Here you have three rookies starting. So, like, what are they going to say to Sean Kemp? You know, that might, you know, aggravate him. And then Wesley Person just wasn't the personality to, you know, have conflict with Sean Kemp. So his big brother and... You could say to them, down the stretch of the games, guess where we're going with the ball? We're going in to Sean. He's been there. And remember, he made the all-star team that year, which is incredible because he'd come back into 300 pounds and wound up playing at about 280. He shed 20 pounds once they came into camp. And so for me, it was like, hey, guys, this is the man. This guy's done a lot in the league. guy's been around for a while, and we're going to follow his lead. And then it took some separate sit downs with Sean to make them understand the responsibility of having these youngsters around him. And you may not be able to be as hard on them as it would be for other veteran players. You got to kind of nurture them and understand the they're going to make all the mistakes you made way back when you were a youngster coming into the league. And I think with the Cavs, Donovan Mitchell to a certain extent is big brother. When they mm-hmm. need a bucket, when they need a big basket, Most likely, it's going to be in Donovan's hands. Uh, JB's had to deal with a few other players that have had opportunities in other places before they came here, Uh, but then he's had the chance to coach some of his homegrown, you know, the Darius's and Mobley's guys who were part of the Cavs organization from the beginning. But, you know, Allen was part of a Brooklyn team that enjoyed a little bit of success and he's got the same kind of personality as far as I want to blend in. I want to make this work, whatever it is. Yeah. Donovan at the end of the game, I understand why Donovan's got the ball. He's right. He's the guy. So there are some similarities there.
0: Did you, I'm sure you've looked back at that team, you know, for, for some time and, and thought about what you guys went through. Was there one thing that stood out to you, Mike, as to why you were able to make the playoffs with all those young guys and Sean Kemp and maybe something that you think if we had tweaked this, maybe we, maybe we get past Indiana in the first round or was it just, you were such a young
1: crew that you were really going to have a tough time doing that. I think part of the reason we enjoyed the success we did as far as number of wins and making it to the playoffs was basketball IQ.
0: You won 47 games in the regular season there.
1: Right. And I think it was because, a number of those guys had high, high basketball IQ. Reverend Knight was a coach on the floor, and I remember Wayne Embry telling me that before we drafted him. He said, "You're going to love this kid." He said, "He's a coach on the floor for you." Derek Anderson, high basketball IQ. Zadrunis Ilgauskas, right. you know, high basketball IQ. So, because of that, it helped you get past some of the obstacles you face with rookies sometimes. And and that allowed them, and they're very competitive people, highly competitive. And you combine the two of those, you got a chance to win some games, and they did.
0: Would you tell JB anything? Like, hey, you got a young guy, you got a superstar who's clearly the leader of the team. If you could tell him one thing that might be a nugget that could help him in the playoffs, what might that
1: be? I think JB's kind of figured it out already of, you know, what he wanted to do when, and and I don't think he just started this year. I, I if I'm correct, going back to the beginning of last season, JB knew that he wanted to cut the rotation down and early last year, I, I believe he was playing eight and nine guys. That's true. And, and then again this year in the beginning of the year. So he's figured out what you need to win What you need, first of all, to win enough games to get in the playoffs, and then he's like you mentioned earlier. He may be into his playoff mode right now trying to get them used to settling in and understanding it's going to be these eight, and then this guy's nine, and if we ever had to, this guy's ten. So congratulations, Coach, for making the playoffs. 1998 is a ways back. So here you go. You're you're the next benchmark for when they make it again, which I would hope would be next season if everybody stays healthy. And now comes the experience for them of getting into the playoffs, understanding what it's about.
0: You and J.B. Bickerstaff, the only Cavs coaches between 1998 and 2023 to make the playoffs without LeBron James on your roster. So well done, sir.
1: Thank you, sir. This has been Basketball Gold,
0: brought to you by Bedway.com. Betway for the sport of it. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER.